Welcome in to another episode of the podcast. We're all having a great week or weekend, wherever and however you're listening or watching. Joined here with Kyle Diesel. My name is Will Highland. Kyle, what is up? Oh, not much. Just relaxing on this nice rainy day. How about yourself? I'm doing fine. I don't know if you can use the term nice rainy day, but I'll let it slide. Uh, yeah, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It, it seems, though, you know, despite the fact that the uh, finals are going on in both basketball and hockey, it, it seems like the sports world's a little slow right now. I don't know why. Um, it's just something seems a little slow. So we're going to try and jazz it up. Um, but it has been six days now since the Celtics were eliminated by the Miami Heat. I talked about it a little bit by myself last weekend. I was expecting to have our pal Pam Casey here to talk about it. He's unable to make it. But for now, it's just you and I. And I think this is a good time now that we have two people here to talk about it. Two is better than one, but not as good as three. I think it'd be a good time to dissect what we think the future of this team is and what we think the future of this organization and roster are. And uh, we'll lead the show off by talking about that. So, Kyle, I'm just going to give you the floor. We all watched. Most of my listeners, you guys have been asking for Celtics content all spring. Well, here you go. Most of us watched the, the, the games. I watched both game six and game seven. Did not see game five. But, Kyle, I'm going to give you the floor. What... What do you make of the way that season ended? I think it leaves a lot of questions in the air for the Celtics. Like you've been to what the conference finals or the finals, what six out of or five out of the last six years or so, something like that. And you keep coming up short over and over again. I get it. It happens to teams. The Bucs have had it. Another great team. They eventually won it. 76ers don't have found their way, but it makes you question like these better teams that are winning. What are the Celtics lacking? And you see, we had Brad Stevens for a couple of years, slowly build up some success and they changed over to a new coach. And now you have another new coach. And as we saw, at least from what I saw, especially with some of the interviews they had with the players, it seems like their old coach, a lot of the players had a lot more trust in compared to the new coach they have now. Yet their new coach, Missoula, is a brand new head coach, very young, but I did start to question his coaching style a bit, especially when you got into the playoffs. Happens when you're young, young new coach. But it also makes me question the your true all-stars. You have Brown and you have Tatum. And I get it, Tatum got hurt 29 seconds right into the seventh game. Happens. But you're supposed to have two superstars. I didn't see Brown show up throughout the entire playoffs, mostly. Eight Maybe turnovers in game seven. But, like, I don't – you're supposed to have two superstars, and this guy's going to go for what, a super max contract, I think, this year is what he's up for, for Brown. And it makes me question, is he worth that money if he's not really helping you get much further in the playoffs? I mean, you've also had many superstars, Kyrie – um, Gore Haywood come to the franchise and get you as close, but you still come up short. It begs the question of what are you missing is what I'm asking. What do you? I don't know what they're missing. They definitely need some type of veteran pres- presence. I mean, they brought Al Horford for that and Grant Williams, but that still wasn't enough. And they've had Al come back and go and come back. It makes me question what the true leadership of this team is. Is the coach the leader? Are the players the leaders? Like when Al Horford got mad, Game seven, I think, he's trying to hype up the team or when they were down. It's like the players didn't really care too much. It makes a differ. What's going up also, I understand they had other players who were hurt. I get that, but you have depth. You have 15 guys. Look at the Heat. They had, what, five guys who were unsigned, and now they're in the finals. So, like, I think coaching plays a huge part because Eric Spolstra is a great coach for shows us right here. He's gone to what? I think either the conference finals or the finals, um, I think numerous times in the last 10 years. Better success than the Celtics, I have to say. Yeah, I mean, if not, uh, just a, I, if not better than the same with less invested 
Um, I get like to answer your point and or to get to your point, I, I should say, and I've been I think I've been harping on this for seven years now, it feels like. Um, no, maybe maybe seven, that's a little bit too aggressive. At least five. Is it seems like when you and I, I'm not a hardcore Celtics guy, but it it seems like when you talk to hardcore Celtics people, they truly believe they're one year away. And they've thought that for mm. five years now. Um, you know, and, and we can go through the years. It's a very interesting thought exercise. You know, I've done it's actually quite quite interesting. You know, you can really apply this to any uh Boston team, but but for the Celtics in particular, the 2017 season, and by that I mean the season ending in 2017, um, you know, you you get beaten by a LeBron-led Cavs team that is better than you, right? You're young, uh, you don't have Kyrie yet, you're you're uh you don't even have Gordon Hayward yet. And your your stars are um, guys like Terry Rozier and Kelly Olynyk and uh, and Isaiah Thomas, and you get beat by a team that that is just better than you. But you also know that you have a young star in Jalen Brown, and you know that you're going to have a top five pick in the draft. And then that a month later, I think it was a week after, even when they got eliminated by the Cavs in 2017. They go and they draft Jason Tatum number three overall. Um, and that was probably one of the best trades Ainge ever made. Um, and that's saying something. Considering you made a lot of great trades. Mm-hmm. They swing a trade. They get Tatum at three. Trade out of number one. And let the Sixers get faults and the Lakers get ball. And it was an embarrassing uh, situation after that. For those two clubs, you end up with the best player in the draft. Now you go into that season, not not... Not to mention in the offseason, you go out and you get Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward. Now, we all know what happened to Gordon Hayward in the fall of 2017. You can't really uh, do anything about injuries of, of that nature that are just so freak. Um, and so that season, even in that season, despite those injuries to both Hayward and Kyrie late in the year, you go, you're right back there with the Heat at the end, and you bring him to seven game. excuse me, with the Cavs at the end. And you go to seven games and you lose that season. You're like, okay, well, we've lost two years in a row to a LeBron-led Cavs team. All right. That's just the way the NBA was at the time. Now it was just, oh, well, the excuse back then was we need to get LeBron out of the East and these guys need to grow up. And the next thing you know, we'll be stars. Well, in 2019, that wasn't the case because the new kids on the block were the Milwaukee Bucks. And they showed that they were ready for prime time. You had the Raptors that year, too then ended up winning the championship with led by Kawhi. And then you really got to know that through those teams, that this was a superstar driven league, right? That in order to win, you had to have superstars. So the excuse was, Oh, well next year, our guys will be one year older. And then it sort of became this, this annual expectation that the following year, Brown and Tatum were going to ascend and become stars. And we sort of been on that linear trajectory for, I think three or four years now where well next year will be the year that Brown and Tatum become this or that, or that Rob Williams or Marcus smart or whoever is the, that's the, that's the person we need to compliment them. Or this last year it was, well, we got Brogdon now, um, or we're bringing back Al or, you know, uh, they had that Morris guy a couple of years ago that played uh defense uh, really well. So it's always been like, they go out, and they get these guys and they're saying, well, maybe it's Kemba is a better locker room fit, or maybe it's this guy. And so there's always sort of this expectation in a linear trajectory that next year will be better because of this. But to your point, finally, how much longer are you willing to play that game? Like eventually, as you pointed out, you're going to have to pay these guys. These guys are going to want to leave these because that's what happens in the NBA. Westbrook didn't stay in Oklahoma City forever. Neither did Durant. Right? Eventually, when you've got multiple superstars on a team and you can't win, like Oklahoma City couldn't win, somehow and eventually those guys leave, and the next thing you know, you're left with a franchise that is uh, barren, a barren wasteland. So I guess same thing happened in the Houston Rockets. I mean, now they've ended up with their uh, with their number uh, one pick or whatever. But yeah. – um, 
but like for a couple of years, the Rockets were right up here, right about to win. And then, you know, they had Harden and whomever else I think they had there at any given moment, they had multiple superstars there. Names are all jumping out of my brain, but eventually they didn't win and it just broke up. So if you don't win, you're going to break up. I mean, that's the 76ers are heading down the same path too. Um, and, 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 you know, we can talk about Milwaukee fading, but Milwaukee at least won in 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've at least, Giannis has his ring. Uh, Tatum and Brown still need to find theirs. And until they get theirs, these questions are going to continue to um, to haunt them, whether, you know, they're good players or not. That's what you're going to be measured by. Correct. That's what you're going to be measured by. But I just also wonder, you see coaches leaving left and right, especially look at the 76ers. They lost their head coach and they're looking for a new head coach. It makes me wonder if there is real true leadership for some of these players. Like, look at the Warriors. They've been a dynasty forever and they've had great leaders, being Steve Kerr, Steph Curry. Like, I feel like there's not enough leaders for the Celtics. I mean, you can say Al's a leader, but big men don't really exist anymore in the league not in the way that they did when it was Shaq and Kevin Garnett and you know those kind of men those kind of big men who led with their big personality and their big body Um, correct that that doesn't happen plus I haven't really seen Marcus Smart be Marcus Smart with his kind of I don't know I don't know how to say like his attitude just being hungry yelling at players to want to want it more I mean, Al Horford did that, but, like, these youngsters, I mean, they're not really youngsters anymore. They're No, Marcus not- Smart's been in the league almost 10 years. It's crazy to think about it that way. It looked like a mess this year. It just was devastating to watch. Like, so many turnovers, dribble off the foot, dribble right into two guys. Like, it just didn't look like Celtic basketball. Yes, they did get a new coach this year. Huge changes, but you have 82 games to make it work. Like, you were fine the first half. What happened the second half that you looked like garbage? Like, I just don't get it but you also can't keep using the excuses like we said you've got to eventually find your stride you can always get to the peak and then topple down but i don't know what they're gonna do. look look at jimmy butler in the heat like they've been going for a while steady steady up oh, pop up make it there steady steady pop it. i mean the celtics haven't they've been steady steady but they haven't popped off to win the championship yet it just makes it differ what key aspects are you, are you looking for now like what's excuse besides all oh, we have a new coach i think the true issue is they need to figure out who the true leader is of that team i don't think they have a true leader yeah coach. And, and and you bring up the coach thing i mean that's that's i think i pointed this out a year ago um not a year ago um i, I think i pointed this out in the um in the fall when we were talking about the celtics and uh so maybe about eight months ago when mm-hmm. we were talking about the celtics and expectations for the season and they their excuse lined up was already that Missoula was a first-year coach like no matter what happened if they won the championship it was going to be the greatest first-year coach you've ever heard that was all you're going to hear all summer long but then they didn't win the championship it was going to be oh well Missoula's a first-year head coach and so it's really it's not the players it's the coach and look I've been hard on Missoula I like the guy personally I just think that his feel for you know, for late game playoff basketball was exposed uh, in 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 these playoffs. Um, his his lack of ability uh, to call timeouts um, when like I, I just point to game game three against the Heat. They're down fifteen at one point. The game was still in reach, and instead of calling a timeout, the Heat went then went on another like thirteen to two run or something. And next yep. thing you know, you're, instead of being down 15, now you're down 26. Well, you, and the game's essentially over. You, you know, maybe you take that timeout when you're down 15, and maybe you turn that into an eight-point deficit. Now anything can happen. You know, and we saw game six, they were lucky to win. Um, they were lo- extremely lucky to win in game six. And, and so I think, to your point about leadership, does the leadership come from the coach, or does it come from the players, or is it a little bit of both? I mean, there are there are cases cases and points to both that have um, that have both succeeded and not succeeded in the NBA recently. I mean, Popovich hasn't done anything in San Antonio since Kawhi left or their big three left. Um, 
really. I mean, they've been a you know irrelevant team since. Uh, but he's a great coach. Nobody ever questions how good of a coach he is, despite the fact this team isn't good right now. Um, you know, same thing happening in the NFL with Belichick and the Patriots aren't good right now, but we know that Belichick's a good coach and a good leader. Um, so it is about the players at the end of the day. And for the Celtics, they're going to have to eventually figure out, is this roster as it's constructed? Like, are we going to keep running it back with the Jays and Marcus and, um, you know, a, a couple of other role players to fit in there? Uh, I, you know, I like Rob Williams. I think he'll, he should stick around too. Um, but I mean, they're going to have to come up with some sort of plan to improve the roster. Um, although it's interesting because that's sort of the pattern that we've been in is they keep improving the roster marginally and expecting the the Jays and, you know, smart to be, to be the core leadership of the team. And it's just not materializing um, in the way that they thought. Yeah, correct. I mean, the other issue is like you said, that like you said, this is the year for Brown's contract, 300 over 300 million a year. That is going to be Tatum's next year. I mean, this is the year you have to decide. Do you keep the big three? Like, I'm going to call them the big three because they're the three superstars. Of the and team. They're the longest together. Yeah. Do you keep them together or do you part ways? Cause if you sign Brown back, you're definitely signing Tatum back. I don't. I think the issue is, do you sign Brown back or not, or do you sign him and trade him? I mean, if you let him go, you lose every worth he has, but you can trade him and gain something for him. I don't think you're gonna gain too much because of what he showed us this playoff run. That's the issue. I think he's not. I don't know. He's just not consistent enough. Correct. Uh, I, I get he was also hurt, but like that's another factor. Like, well, and and to the to the injury point, that's another lined up excuse for Celtics fans. Is that, you know, oh well, Tatum got hurt in the first thirty seconds of the game. You were down three zero in the series. You know that was Game Seven. You know, if if you win one of those games early on, one of your first two home games, you right, never had to play. You never Game Seven doesn't matter, right? But you also- 14 other guys on the team and you say Jalen Brown, Marcus Mario, other two superstars. Why did they not show up in his stead for the one game? Like right. you can't just use of all. Let, I get let, You're like, right. Last season, I, the reason why they made the finals is because when Jason or Jalen had a down game, somebody yeah. like Derek White or Grant Williams um, rose to the occasion or Peyton Pritchard or whomever. I mean, and I know they were dealing with a Brogdon injury too, but it just, it just, and he was six man of the year for a reason. Yeah. Like they got a little bit complacent for a team that was down 3 0 in the series, right? They, like, you know, they were lucky to win game six, game five, and I will give them game four and game five. They played very well, but I think Miami sort of took the foot off the gas. Uh, where, you know, in game seven, you can't, you can't take the foot off the gas. Um, that Miami team plays like a team uh, and they have leadership. So like we just said, they have leadership. They have, everyone knows their role. They have the right fits for the team. And I get that this year with a new coach, yeah. you have to find the right fits and it's always hard stepping into that role. Um, but this team this is the first time I've seen them all together. Just look so demoralized throughout the playoffs like you i wouldn't say any series i saw they did not look demoralized after a loss like it was just to me it felt disgusting and like and disrespectful for like the fans like they're giving up i guess sometimes the game they, they completely quit in game four it was like what am i watching like why like this does not feel like to me a celtic team in the history i don't think at least from my generation i've seen them play yeah. like that just oh we walk off the court like it looked embarrassing like when the 76ers lost to the Celtics in game seven like it just looks so dysfunctional and these yeah. are your leaders like where are your leaders at that point in time like I feel like at that point yeah. the coach is in but also your true player needs to step in your superstar like LeBron yeah. was stepped in at that point KD was stepped in Steph Curry like yeah and and you know I look at you know some of the other teams in Boston and how they've struggled and, you know, gotten eliminated recently. And it's not because they've quit. 
You know, like with the Celtics team, it just seemed like and they just, you know, got got late in these games and just, you know, turned it off. You know, the Patriots down the stretch, they they lost games because they tried too much, right? And they didn't quit. Like they lost the game to the Raiders because they're doing laterals all over the all over the field. You know, that was like the opposite of quitting, right? You know, in in in, in the Bruins, um, they they lost two out of their uh two out of their final um two out of their final three games of the season were in overtime and all three were you know one goal decisions so you know it wasn't like they're out here quitting and 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 you know even the Red Sox as bad as they've been and as inconsistent as they've been they're still hovering around 500 and they haven't bottomed out but like if you look over at the Celtics and I hate to pick on them because they're the most recent one to get eliminated but it just seems like Every year, you kind of wonder, you know, are are they real? Are they in this game? Like, are they are they gonna are they compete? Are they gonna compete tonight? Um, and, and you know, I will give them credit. Like in the Philly series, they were down three two and they won game six and seven. I'll give them credit for that. I'll obviously give them credit for forcing a, a game seven. So it's hard to say that they've quit in that regard. But the only reason they were down three zero is because games one through three they looked like, as you pointed out a disgusting basketball team that didn't even want to take the floor. So why that's why they're in that position. They at home. They needed to come back. Which, like I said, the worst part is also they were at home and they looked disgusted. Like, you're at TD, one of the biggest historical buildings in sports, and you go out there and look like that? Like, you yeah. didn't care? Yeah, like, I mean, I'm pretty sure. So they lost, three, they lost three games at home in their elimination series. The Bruins lost three games at home in their elimination series. I think also in the Philly series, the Celtics lost a couple at home. Same with the Atlanta series. So, uh, I mean, let's just maybe we should go do some sort of like ritual at to cleanse the <laughs> to cleanse the garden right now because it's not it's not the same home field advantage, no pun intended that uh, they're used to. Um, yeah. So I guess what do you think the off season looks like? And uh, I guess we'll just wrap it up there. Do you do you think any changes are made? They're they're bringing Missoula back. Yeah, I think there has to be changes. I mean, you can't say the team didn't look dysfunctional this playoff series. I think you have to make changes. The question is, you have to find the right fit for the team. But I don't know. I don't know what the identity of this team is. Is my issue going into next season? So I think that's the first issue they need to address. Who are they? And then go from there. But I do think the one change you'll see is Jalen Brown leaving. If he doesn't leave, I'd be shocked beyond belief because I don't think they can afford to keep him and try to get depth out of their positions. I really don't think they can afford to keep him and make it to the playoffs. Uh, you know, that's that's partly what I see too. Um, now that the coach is coming back, I think continuity is good. I think they're going to argue that continuity is what they need. Mm. And so I wouldn't be surprised if nothing changes on the roster in terms of the four players. Um, but if somebody does leave, it's probably going to be Smart or um, Brown, Brown, most likely. Um, okay, so changing gears here. Um, we haven't talked to NFL in a while. And, you know, you mentioned off camera that You've been sort of tired of the drama and the storylines around the NFL. And, and that's part of the reason why I haven't talked about it a lot either. It just seems like I don't care where DeAndre Hopkins goes. I don't care about Lamar Jackson's contract. I don't care about all these Tom Brady rumors. I mean, he's retired. Um, so that's sort of where I've been. But what I do think is interesting, Kyle, is that we're going into, I think, the third year in a row where the AFC is an extremely competitive conference. And I think just like last year, you're going to have three or four teams on the outside looking in at the end of the season. And, you know, training camp starts in like six or seven weeks. So we're going to have really still a lot more time to discuss this but i think that's something that's flying under the radar 
is you've got Aaron Rodgers in the conference now. Yeah. Um, which I think is much like when Russell Wilson came into the conference last year. A lot of smoke and mirrors. But at the end of the day, the Broncos didn't make the playoffs. So all that hype last summer about Russ coming to Denver and coming to the AFC was, you know, sort of just that hype. And so I guess my question to you is, there's going to be all these teams on the outside looking in um, and all these teams with talented quarterbacks. Who do you think are going to be some of those teams that are left out of the dance? Ooh, that's a good question. Starting with the AFC? Yeah. Ooh. Most mostly the AFC. I think the AFC is a little more open. I think the AFC is very tight. I mean, it's tough. I mean, I think there's two divisions right right now. I think there's only two divisions that are really competitive to see who's going to be the top dog, and that's going to be. Um, I'm trying to think what they're called. Yeah, the, uh, the division the Patriots are in. I don't know off the top of my head what division. It's that the is. East, not the North. It's the East. The AFC East. So the East and then the um probably the what's the Bengals in? The they're they're the north, yeah. So the north and the east. The north east, I think, will be the two hardest conferences to make it in, but also they're the ones who are probably gonna have two or three teams make the playoffs in the FC, I think. I think I really think the Ravens are looking on the outside. Outside, I think there's that wild card spot team that could hit or miss. And then I also think the same thing with oh gosh, it's tough. I depending what Josh Allen does, I do think it's either the Bills or the Jets looking from the outside in. Interesting. I switching so, it up. I just feel that way. Just how I saw the season end last year and the consistency, and then how much yeah. hard teams or how much better each team in their conferences have gotten. I don't see the other two conferences really being too much too competitive. I mean, you still have the Chiefs and the Chargers. I don't see the Broncos doing anything quite yet, maybe in the next two years. Um, and I do think the Jags will pull away with their own division. Yeah. Make so a play. What's very interesting to me is um, you know, I'm looking, I'm looking at the AFC and how yeah. it finished last year. And to me, the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Bengals are lock to make the playoffs. I'm just I'm talking about playoff spots. Divisions, we'll figure that out when I when I start to really look at the schedule and everything else. But we know those teams are going to play one another too, and Perfect. so they're going to beat up on one another. Um, but I think those three are at least a lock to make the playoffs at this point in time. This could be a different conversation in October or November, but for now. I think it's pretty safe to say those three are going to make the playoffs. Now you end up with four. Now I'm just talking about process of elimination. Now you've got four more playoff spots. I I think it's safe to say that the LA chargers are in the mix for one of those spots. Potentially. You also obviously have to give a spot to the AFC South because one of those teams is going to win that division. All right. So call it Jacksonville for now. Now you're down to two spots. All of a sudden, you're down to two spots, and you've got teams like the Titans, probably not going to do much this year because Derrick Henry's a year older. They have no receivers. Their offensive line isn't that good anymore. They also have um, uh, some. I don't think they know what they're doing with their quarterback yet. Uh, they got no. the Kentucky, uh, but I'm not sure that they're ready. So I don't really think they're going to be in the mix. The Colts are an interesting pick because they still have a lot of talent on that roster but they've got a really young quarterback in Anthony Richardson who's not pro-ready. So I don't think they're on that list. I don't think Houston's on that list either because they're just too young and Bryce Young uh, is going to need some time. Uh, or did, No, Bryce Young's on the uh, – C.J. Stroud is on the on – Bryce yes. Young is on the Panthers, right? Is that how that went? Right. Okay. Yeah, I was getting those two mixed up. Okay, so CJ Stroud, yeah, they're, they're still, they got time. So, but you still got two more spots. Now you talk about the Ravens. All right. Well, the Ravens, I mean, they're a talented team, but they usually start hot and then fade because Lamar gets hurt. And so yeah. they're in the mix for one of those last two spots. The Steelers, I think the, the Steelers, Steelers 
surprises they, this year. They won four in a row then the season last year. Kenny Pickett looked pretty good. They they improved at the draft tremendously. Um, they got Joey Porter Jr. Correct. And, and so I think, I mean, you got to talk about them as being contending for one of those two spots. And then the Browns, I mean, say what you want about Deshaun Watson, but if he comes back and plays well, they're competing for one of those spots. Then you head over to the other other division. There's some there's some problems going on with Jimmy Garoppolo and his health. Um, he might even be on the team. He might, yeah, he might not even be on the team. But I mean, there's still a lot of talent on that Raider roster if they're able to figure out who their quarterback is. Um, I I don't know who else they have on their roster. Oh, uh, they're back at quarterback. Did they draft anybody? I don't think so. Let me check. Yeah, who, who did they draft? Not a QB. Did they didn't take a single quarterback? Brian Hoyer, maybe it's previous. Let's see. That sounds about right that they would go grab him. I don't know if they have a current updated roster selection. Yeah. Oh, did they get the guy? They got the guy from Purdue. Did they? Aiden O'Connell. He's not going to start. I mean, so I don't really think the Raiders are in the mix. But you've got Denver. I mean, Sean Payton's there now. You never know. And they, so they're in the mix. And then you go to the East. you got the Dolphins, who were a playoff team last year, who've got a lot of talent. you got the Pats, Mac Jones, and a new offensive coordinator. Plus, they went out and got Juju and Mike Gusecki. I mean, who knows what they're going to be. And then the Jets got Aaron Rodgers. So all of a sudden, you go from those three playoff teams who are – pretty solid then you add in the chargers and the um the afc south winners so that makes five now all of a sudden you've only got two more playoff spots to be divided among either the steelers ravens browns broncos pats jets or dolphins so that, i think that's eight teams you're gonna have two that don't make the playoffs i'm sorry you're gonna have two that make the playoffs out of eight so you you've pretty much got like there's only a couple teams in the in the conference that I would say have no shot at making the playoffs, and it's probably like Houston and Indianapolis. Everybody else, I would leave it on the table. I don't the, the Titans are out this year. I mean, they got three quarterbacks, but, but, but like, on. but like, if I'm saying they might even compete in their division, I'm not saying they're going to compete for wild card. I'm not right. ready to throw it out with the Titans yet. Who knows what they're going to do? Um, you know, that division is bad enough where if Jacksonville struggles playing a first-place schedule and the Titans are playing a second-place schedule, they might sneak away with that division is all I'm saying. I, I don't think Houston or Indianapolis is ready yet. Where You know, in the Titans, they might not be ready either, but I think they're more further along than the other two. Correct. So, so I guess that's my point. Which three teams do you think would make the playoffs if the season started now? Well, who would you predict? For the for the whole conference? Yeah, out of those eight teams, who do you think would fill those last two spots? So you already picked the Chargers as one of them. Yeah. So the Chargers, I would probably go the Ravens, and I'd probably go – I don't know. I think – I want to say Denver, but I feel like they're just going to get beat up. But they're also playing a last place schedule. So they're going to be able to go beat, like, you know, some. They're going to end up, they're going to end up playing the Texans. That's a yeah. win. They're going to play the Browns. I think that's still a win. Um, they're going to play, and they're going to play the Jets. That's a toss up, you know. So they're going to get some conference wins. So part of me wants to say Denver, but. Uh, you know, and part of me wants to say the Pats, uh, but, <laughs> but I, you know, I think it, it could, I think I, I would say Pittsburgh at this point. Okay. I, I would say Pittsburgh at this point. I think they made the most uh, offensive improvement uh, and defensive improvement. They're going to be playing a third place schedule. So they're going to play the Raiders. That's a win. They're going to play the Pats. That's probably a win. And they're going to play the Colts. That's probably a win. Not, so outside of their division within the conference, they're going to, they're going to play they're going to have a pretty good record. Um, so even if they lose to Cincinnati or Baltimore, 
they're going to have enough wins, I think, under their belt heading into December that they win. They win enough to get in the playoffs. They were nine and eight last year. I think they're better. I think they're a plus two game improvement that puts them eleven and six. So yeah, I'd say, I'd say the Ravens and the Steelers probably make the playoffs uh, and get those final two spots. And I think it's only the Bills out of the East at the end of the day because uh, you know I don't think the Pats are good enough uh, compared. To, I don't think they're better than uh, Baltimore. I don't think the Pats are better than Los Angeles. And I don't think they're better at this point than um, even a Denver or a Dolphins. Um, they haven't shown that they can beat the Dolphins in a yeah. long time um, when the Dolphins are healthy. They're, I don't think they've ever beaten Tua. So, yeah. Uh, what about you? I mean, that, that that's a pretty tight – that's a pretty tight conference. I mean, it is. I mean, it's tough. I mean, just I think actually the Steelers might actually win the division this year based on schedule alone. Um, and I the Bengals lost a good amount of players defensively, and I think that's going to hurt them in clutch time, clutch games. Um, and I think the Ravens are still going to be the same old Ravens. I don't see much improvement there either. So I think those two teams will battle each other out for a wild card spot, surprisingly. So I do think um, I do think the Bengals would definitely take that spot over the Ravens. So I don't think the Ravens will make it this year. It's my bold prediction. Um, I think the Bengals will make it in as a wild card spot. Um, I think I think Miami's going to win a division. So I think the Bills are going to go in with. Um, the Jets as the two other wild card spots. I don't think the Chargers are going to make it this year because I don't what think they. Have... What makes you think the Dolphins are going to win the AFCs? I just like their offense and defensive schemes. Well, how they have everything set up. It all depends on Tua's health. Yeah, that's what it depends on. If Tua goes out, they're done because they have everything he needs to win. Yeah, and stay healthy. And I don't. I just think their team's better set up compared to the Bills because the Bills don't have another two, number one slash two wide receiver besides Stephon Diggs. And Stephon Diggs hasn't shown up too much, but he doesn't have a supporting cast around him. And when it comes past uh, late November, maybe sometime in November, past then we don't see the best of Josh Allen anymore. We shouldn't see interception turnover of Josh Allen. Right. So one I don't have seasons, one of these seasons. He's going to win enough games this year to win the division, in my opinion. But I think one of these seasons, you're going to see him sort of take like that Cam Newton 2017-18 drop, right? Where all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he had like four or five seasons of really good play, right? I think last year was his third consecutive season of really strong play. And somehow he's going to hit sort of a wall and start to drop off a little bit because he's going to physically wear himself out. Kind of like we were talking about the Celtics earlier. It makes me wonder, like, how long we you Bills fans going to want to ride the bus if he keeps failing? Like, the QBs are one of the most important parts. Like, Oh, yeah, and, and they're, they're a fan base, too, that's just full of excuses, right? Um, and, you know, it's hard for me as a Pats fan to hate on the Bills because they've absolutely obliterated us in the past few years. But, um, I mean, every year has been an excuse for them. Uh, first, it was... Uh well we're one year away Josh Allen's too young and then it was well he didn't get the ball in overtime and then it was well he was sort of hurt you know and every year they're going to run into an excuse and pretty soon um you know there, there's not going to be any left uh see, see that's why the Rams traded Jared Goff away if the excuses went away and brought a guy who could win and give him a shot right right so the NFC is is uh just quickly here I'm looking through it um it is interesting. Right. Uh, I, I, you know, I think, I think there are some intriguing divisional races, but I don't see it being as competitive this year. I think last year there were some really bad teams. Like the Cardinals were really bad and the bears were bad. They're going to be bad again. Right. And, you know, the Buccaneers won their division by being eight and nine, you know, like that, that. The South is just a bad division right now. The, yeah, Buccaneers, no the Buccaneers don't have a quarterback. The Panthers 
have a young quarterback. The Saints have Derek Carr. They might end up winning that division. And then the Falcons don't have a quarterback right now. And by don't have a quarterback, I mean don't have one that I expect to win enough games to make the playoffs. And then the North, the Vikings, I mean, they're they're a team that's going to start running out of excuses pretty soon too. The biggest Uh, joke I currently know of right now with Kirk Cousins as quarterback. Right, and and they're, they're running out of time up there with him. If they only didn't have Kirk Cousins, they'd be a legit Super Bowl contender right now. I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but who are they replacing him with? Who Who's available out there? There's no one, but they've had opportunity to trade for other quarterbacks is what I'm saying. Yeah, First, they have. They have. There's been some, there has been some quarterback carousel. I think their best season actually came when Case Keenum was their quarterback. I mean, the Packers are going to be nothing without Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Jordan Love sucks. I'm sorry. He sucks. I don't – I also think Justin Fields is to that big hype for the Bears. I don't think he's – he's no. a run first, so I don't see that surviving long in the no, – Maybe the Lions, the Lions suck. They're going to be – I mean, they might actually be okay. They might end up winning that division somehow by default. I still think well, Minnesota I, probably wins that division. They're more talented. But that, I, that division's trash. I'll, at minimum, I think for the Lions, they'll make the playoffs. Yeah, I think the Lions can make the playoffs too. I mean, did they? They went out and got Hendon Hooker. They had a really good draft. Um, yeah. So it's, it's it be- they traded Williams to the Eagles, so it makes me question why they're getting rid of probably their best running back at the two duo. Yeah, Eagles. Yeah, because that's still the Eagles' overall conference. For now, I would say so, but. You know, Dallas. No. Knows. I mean, just who knows, though? Like, they were 12 and 5 last year, and everyone thought they sucked, right? It Imagine does. if they were good. You know, like, they, they, the thing about the Cowboys is they roll out of bed in a bad season and win 10 games still, which in the NFC is enough to make the playoffs typically. Correct. But it's not going to win you a Super Bowl, sadly. Right. I know, but we're not talking about Super Bowl. We're talking about who's going to make the playoffs. Yeah. And, you know, I think. Dak and that roster can roll out of bed and still win enough games to make the playoffs. Um, we Giants twice, and you'll beat the uh, maybe the Giants twice, hopefully, and then you'll beat uh, Washington twice. Yeah, right, exactly. And that's- you know, and you're playing a second place schedule, so that puts you up against the Seahawks. They're not going to. That's that. That was lightning in a bottle. They're not going to be that good again. Uh, that put that gives you a game against the Lions. That's probably still a win. And then you face the Panthers, who are a young team with no quarterback. Yeah. So, I mean, like, the the, the Cowboys are going to still be able to somehow string together a, a season. Um, but then out the year division, I think the Rams will be better. I think you guys will be better. I think that last year was sort of a one-off year, reset year. Um, I think you'll be better than Seattle this year. I think uh, Mr. Call of Duty down there in the desert, I'm not <laughs> – I mean, that's – that team is unraveling fast. No JJ Watt as leadership anymore. No, no Jack Jones as leadership anymore. Uh, Hopkins is out. Um, their receivers are bad. They had some makers. Zacherts isn't. Is he still there? I think so. But your coach left and hasn't come back from Europe. He's he's staying there. So. Oh yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. <laughs> oh my god. So that organization is a disaster, and I don't. I don't think they even drafted a quarterback this year, which I thought they would draft a quarterback because Kyler Murray clearly isn't your answer. No, no. So the, the NFC is wild. Um, I know we wanted to talk hockey, but do you want me to read you? Do, we did this last year. Do you want me to read you the Rams schedule? Have you go win? Yeah, read it. To- All right. And I, I want you to, um, I want you to pick out the, Patriots and do that to me too but I think last year you were a little bit bullish on the Rams and unfortunately it didn't work out for you guys well I wasn't expecting so many injuries to happen last year to have a four-string police officer offensive lineman come into the game halfway through the season oh yeah the Pats had a horrible offensive line by the end of the year too I mean it was patchwork at best um so, yeah, we'll do this real quick, and then I guess we'll spend the last minute or so talking about hockey. All right, All right. so uh, Rams, game one, 
at Seattle, 425 p.m. That's a loss. All right. 49ers at home, 405. That's at the 49ers or at home? At home. Actually, let me switch that. We'll win. We'll win in Seattle. We somehow win in Seattle. We always lose at home. So it'll be a win to start and it'll be a loss in Fran. All right. So we're one and one. I'm going to pulling this up because it's easier to read it this way. Okay. Um, at the Bengals, Monday Night Football. At the Bengals. That's a loss. So I'd say, yeah, probably a loss. At the Colts, Sunday that, afternoon. That's a win. All right, two and two. Home against the Eagles. 4.05 p.m. That's a loss. Two and three. Home against the Cardinals. That's a win. Three and three. It'll be the Home against your Steelers. Ooh, ooh. Home against the Steelers? I like us. We're home. All right. So what are you now? Do you win? You're four and three? Okay. Four and three. At the Cowboys. That's um, a loss. All right. So you're four. Um, when is it? When is it? Are we, it's on a, are we just normal afternoon? You're going to Dallas on a Sunday afternoon, October 29th. I'll give us a win. This is a well, this will be the tipping point for us. All right. So now, what are you six and four? Are we five and four? What are we? Five and three. You're five and three. Okay. At the Packers. Win. Win. That's a lot. Oh, you, you think we're going to win? I think you're going to win. I think the Packers are going to be so bad. It's not even funny. They were bad All last right, we'll year. Take- They're going to be bad again. They have nobody on that roster. All right, then you we'll get by. So you're gonna, I'm saying you're six and three headed into the bye. That's pretty good. I like that. Seattle, 4.25 p.m. Home. That will be a – we'll come off with a big loss. All right, six and four at the Cardinals. That's a win. Six and five. Uh, seven, uh, seven and four. Uh, home against the Browns. That's a win. That's a win. So you're eight and four. Uh, at the Ravens. That's a loss. Eight and five. Okay. Home against the Commanders. That's a win. Okay. And the Commanders. But is losing any of these 50-50 shot games. So what are we now? We're nine and five. Yes, we're nine and five. Yes. Okay. Uh, home against the Saints on Amazon Prime Video. So Thursday, it's Thursday night football. Warriors are not done Thursday night game, so that'll be a loss. All right. So now we're we're nine and six, at the Giants, other side of the country, New Year's Eve. Uh, I can go either way. I think we'll win. This is the Giants. I'm not worried about the Giants. Ten and six, uh, and then a Sunday, January seventh, flex game at the Niners. That's a loss. That's a loss. I mean, I'm not as bullish on the Niners as I never am, um, but that's that's a tough spot. Uh, so what is that? So now that puts you that puts you at ten and ten and seven, I think. Ten seven is being ten seven or nine and eight. Somewhere out there, I think that'd be about right. I think that's good enough to make the playoffs. It's good enough to make the playoffs in the NFC. All right, hit me with the Patriots. I I have only looked. I've only looked at like the first couple weeks because I've been in like baseball mode recently, so I haven't gotten there. Well, let's just first four games are rough. All right. right. Oh, I should keep track of the record. Okay. Hit me. First game. I'm keeping track for you. It's the Eagles. Home? Yeah, I need home in time. Uh, you are at, it looks like you're at Philly. That's a road game? I think so. Let me check here. Yeah, try and pick one where it tells you home and road. Oh, you're home. You're home. home? And that's, is that prime time? Yes, prime time 425. Oh, I think we, I think we probably lose that game. And then everyone freaks out. 
All right. And then you're home again against the Dolphins. I think we finally beat Tua. I think Mac finally beats Tua. I'd say that's a win. All right. Then game three, you're heading down to MetLife to play the G or the J E T S and Aaron Rodgers. I think that's a win. I think that's a win. I think we own the Jets. All right. And then you go down to see Jerry Jones at AT AT&T Stadium. That's probably a loss. All right. You're at you're at two and two to start. And then you're you're at home against the Saints. One o'clock game. I think that's probably a win. That's probably a win. Put dubs up there. And then you go down to Las Vegas to play the Raiders for a 405 game. That's probably a loss. No, really? They don't know who their quarterback is. That's a win. That's a win. They have no quarterback. I... All right. And then you for come a second back there, home. my mind was like, we're playing Derek Carr two weeks in a row. Uh... <laughs> and then you go back home to play the Buffalo Bills. For a one o'clock game. You know, that's probably a loss, but I'm going to go win. I'm going to go win. I think we finally right. beat Josh Allen at home. He, All right. I like that. Time. All right. Then you, hit, then you hit down to Miami. Loss. All right. You stopped the win streak there. All right. And then you're home against the Commanders. Win. And then you go on your international series to play the Colts. In Germany, right? Yes. That's a win. All right. And then you go play the team that beat you in the Super Bowl a couple years ago to stop your undefeated streak, the The Giants. Giants. Is that that away? You are away at MetLife. give, Give me a win. A win. All right. All right, and then you face your favorite team, the Chargers, at home. I want to say a win, but that's probably a loss. Loss. And then we talk about our – the next up is our underdog team, our Thursday night game on Prime Video against the Steelers. That's a loss. I was going to say, it's in Heinz. Yeah, that's a loss. All right, and then you go and play the Super Bowl champions. Oh God! At home. At home? Yes. Eight fifteen. You're in Monday night game. You know what? What What's our record right now? And what day of what day of the year is this? You're eight and five. This is in mid December, the eighteenth. Right before Christmas. So if we're eight and five, the Chiefs are probably like ten and three. Yeah. You have three games remaining after. You know, give me give us a win. Give me a win. I believe. I, I believe. I'm a believer in the. Give us a win. Easily. All right, and then you head down. The Bronco country for a Sunday night game the day before Christmas on Christmas Eve. That's probably a loss. Traveling out there, playing in that stadium. (laughs) All right. Then you come back the following week at the end of December to play Buffalo in Buffalo. Loss. When it's free cold with eight feet of snow on the field. Loss. All right, and then you go home to the flex game against the Jets. Win. Win. So you beat the Jets twice this year. Yep. All right, so that puts you at? 10 and 7. Yep, 10 and 7. That's way, that's way too positive for me. That I mean, <laughs> I mean, I guess that Chiefs game really is the, so that Chiefs game, that Chargers game, I both, one I call the win, one I call the loss. They're both home. I bet it, it would be likely that those get switched more likely, uh, more likely than not. 
And I wouldn't doubt if we lose. Um, you lose a what, goose egg game. So you, right, you play we, a shitty garbage team and you lose that game for no reason. Right. And it always that could be that could be the Germany game. That could be the game um, against the, one of those Jets games. I, I just think we match up well against the Jets. Um, you know, who knows what it's going to be different now that they've got Rodgers. But. So we'll see. I guess that was fun. Um, all right. Before we wrap up, we wanted to talk hockey real quick. So speaking of predictions, you made a prediction, a pretty strong one, that you thought Vegas was going to win the Stanley Cup. You also asked us a question about a year ago, what would we feel or how would we feel as Bruins fans if Bruce Cassidy won a Stanley Cup with Vegas? Um, I guess my first question to you is, do you think the Knights still win this series? They're up one nothing over the Panthers as we record Sunday night. Um, do you think they're do you think they're winning the series? I think I think they are um at, at this point in time, but I after what happened to my team, I'm not ruling out Florida. Uh you can't. They've been playing way too hot, but I think they're rusty. I think they're not they won eleven out of twelve to get to the finals. Florida did, but I think that that time off has sort of hurt their momentum a little bit. So I'm sticking with Vegas in this series, do you think Vegas is still winning the series? Oh, yeah. I think Vegas, <clears throat> sticking with my pick, I picked before the season even started. Vegas is going to win it. Um, they've just been so, I wouldn't say they're super dominant, but they've been able to hold their own. I mean, they held the Oilers down, which is supposed to be the best offense in the league, right. had the best power play ever, and still beat them. Like, I think the team is just so, so well coached. And the team plays together like Imagine unstoppable. That. I mean, both goaltenders on both sides are playing out of their minds, but I think the Knights just they've been there and done that. Like everyone in Florida really hasn't been to the finals before, the Stanley Cup finals, and the Knights have been there before. And Bruce Cassidy has been there before. Sure so has. Like, I think they're the team that I think they're gonna win it all. They have everything they need. Yeah, it would be it would be an unbelievable story if Cassidy was able to win there in his first year. Um, and I'm happy for the guy. I love the guy. Um, it hurts a little bit, but I mean, I think we're still in good hands with Montgomery. Um, it would be one thing if the Bruins weren't good this year, but they were good with Montgomery, right? Yeah. So they have used Bruce Cassidy's defensive structure in their series against the, against the Florida Panthers. Absolutely. When you give up that many late goals as they did in game six and seven, but at the same time, like, it's not like they went out and they panned him for a guy that's not good. Uh, I think Montgomery is a good coach at the end of the day. Um, yeah. And, and and I just think what Bruce has been able to do there, though, is he's been able to take over a veteran team, much like Montgomery did, much like a team a lot like he had in Boston with a very strong core. Um, but I think right now that team is – is just firing on all cylinders in a way that they're peaking at the right time. Like we knew, we knew the Knights were good all year long. Like they played very well early on when they were right there with the Bruins and Devils yeah. um, as having the best record. Um, and I, I, I think what's made them different though, this year is they've been able to adapt and change their game. They've had multiple different goaltenders lead them to success um, right now. Uh, is, what's his, is it Allen? What's his name? Uh, I think it was Hill last night. Who Hill, played. Allen Hill. I don't know. He had why. a great stick, stick yeah. save there. Hill, Hill is who they've been playing recently, and he's been very good. But they started the year with Logan Thompson. They had Jonathan Quick in there at some points in the second half. So they've been able to adapt. And then at the same time, they've also had players like Jack Eichel and Mark Stone, who are superstars play like superstars in the postseason when the competition's been the strongest. And and I think if you're a if you're a Bruins fan, it's kind of hard for you, but you you should you should root for Bruce Cassidy and the in the Vegas Knights. Um sometimes you want to know that you got taken out by the champ. I don't think you could take anything away from the Florida Panthers, but it goes to show that in the NHL, it really is a clean slate once you get to April. Does not matter how how the regular season went. Once you get to April, that's what matters. 
And I, I think for I think for Bruce Cassidy, as you correctly pointed out, um, he has them playing very well at the right time, and they've been they've been able to take out as you as you mentioned some of the best teams in the league, much like the Panthers have. If the Panthers are able to win this series, they will have taken out the Devils, the Leaf, uh, excuse me, the Leafs the Hurricanes, the Bruins, and the Knights. I think all four of those teams were, were in the top five or six in terms of points this year. Yeah, I think all so, six were. Yeah. So, and then not to mention the, the Devils got taken out by the Hurricanes, you know, and and the, the, the Leafs took out the Bolts. So it's, you know, it wasn't like anybody's run to the finals was easy. Um, but I think I think you you still have to give credit to Florida, even if they lose. I mean, they've played. They've. I mean, they no, did, I, I they thought back in the off season that losing Huberto and Uyghur was going to hurt them, and that Kachuk was going to need a year or two to settle in. Well, I've been proven wrong. If they somehow win this series, to me, he just needs the season, the regular season. Right. Exactly. To me, if they win this, if if they win this, the Panthers, everyone's gonna want to give the consmite to Bobrovsky, but I would give it to Matthew Kachuk. Agreed. I, I still I still think I still think Vegas is gonna pull this out, but we'll see what happens. Any final thoughts, Kyle, on the Stanley Cup? By probably by the time we talk again, uh, we'll know who uh, nothing much except that I did hear interesting news that uh Patrick Kane will need hip surgery, and it's one of those rare surgeries that you may not ever come back from. So I think for the Rangers and Patrick Kane, I think this might be a season-ending or sport-ending injury for him, sadly. I I think it was unlikely that he was going to go back to the Rangers anyway. Um, But, yeah, I mean, talk about the great, in my opinion, the greatest American-born hockey player of all time is Patrick Kane. And for him to, you know, kind of go out like this and, and, you know, sort of flame out with his chance at winning a cup with the Rangers, who are my pick, um, it is kind of it is kind of sad. Um, but I think that I think that Vegas is, uh, excuse me, that New York still has a strong nucleus there, and um, whether or not Kane re-signs with them, plays again, or goes somewhere else. Um, I think the the Rangers will still be a team in the East that you have to pay attention to just because of their goalie and their um, offensive forwards they have. So, yeah, we're a long ways out. I think this offseason in the NHL will be crazy, and um, we'll be sure to cover it next time. Oh, for sure. And then don't forget about the draft. Yeah, I know. I was just reading earlier. It's basically a foregone conclusion that Connor Bedard's going to be a Chicago Blackhawk. Um, we'll see what happens. I think it's still good. A lot of people, I mean, we, we, we've been hard on the Chicago Blackhawks and for obviously good reasons. Um, but you know, from a pure league perspective, it is good to have the Chicago Blackhawks as a relevant hockey team again, much like we want the Maple Leafs, excuse me, the Canadians to be relevant. You want, um, the Vancouver Canucks to be good again. Uh, it's just good for the sport when some of those uh, hockey markets have a good team. So in that respect, I'm sort of happy that he's there in the Western Conference and not, you know, playing for the Flyers out here. <laughs> um, you know, as I'm sure you feel that way too. But uh, yeah, that's my take on, on uh, Connor Bedard. But yes, we will see what happens with the rest of the draft. But Kyle, thanks for tuning in for us, everybody. Kyle, thank you for joining the program sucks that we didn't have cam here we'd probably still be talking about the celtics if cam most likely was with us uh but for all you listeners we'll be back next month together but until then have a great rest of your week you as well If you liked this podcast, please subscribe on your favorite provider, including Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Be sure to also check out our other Sportland USA programs, 
under the Sportland USA Podcast Network. All of these programs are presented by Sportland USA, and their opinions shared do not reflect those of any other company, outlet, person, or entity.